What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first podcast of 2024 here on my channel. It's Dri Salcedo. You're listening to Speak Now Pro Wrestling, and it is Tuesday, January 2nd, and we are here to talk about WWE NXT New Year's Evil. And I think that they I think they had a pretty damn good show today. There were some things that I think we're going to have a pretty fun time talking about, uh, especially the way that things ended but i think that there was a lot throughout the show though that's going to keep us busy with a lot of conversation before we get into what went down uh i want i really hope here that everyone had a phenomenal new year's eve celebration new year's day celebration i hope that everybody had a wonderful time and i hope that everybody is looking forward uh to 2024 and i also hope that you guys have not already uh stopped with your new year's resolution so hopefully everybody's still on board with their new year's resolutions uh i think i am although my resolutions are like a big giant like bullet point like list so i feel and i work through those throughout the entire year but my um but i gave myself a word a word for the year and i do this every year i give myself a word to kind of uh i don't know just to remind myself that that's what i want for the year so for 2024 i'm trying to be more more carefree more relaxed more more not so like go 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 although that's pretty much what I'm going to do. But anyways, I said this, I used the same word last year and I was not the word at all for the whole year, but I'm going to try again this year. But anyways, we got to get into NXT guys, because there was a lot that went down. So let's get to it. Um, we're going to kick things off with a couple of super chats that we got here. Uh, this one here is from Ebony Prince who says, great show. I still don't trust Mello. Well, Eb Ebony Prince, you should not have been trusting Carmelo Hayes at all throughout the last couple of months. This dude has been showing us all of the red flags. This dude is the red flag emoji at this point uh, because he has been constantly showing and proving that he is uh, not a good friend and is in fact manipulative but we'll talk more about that in a second Sheldon Jackson gets us going with five DWO memberships thank you so much to Sheldon and he also sends it a super chat saying if you were to look up false advertisement it's this show because trick versus Elia didn't happen and I was looking forward to Carmelo costing trick the match and revealing that he attacked trick so here's the deal and I have egg on my face now because I apparently lied here to the people I sat here not too long ago maybe a week or two ago and I said we're definitely getting this match with Carmelo Hayes I mean sorry with Trick Williams and Ilya Dragunov we're totally getting this match they're not gonna announce this match and not do it but we all forgot we all forgot that in every single wrestling card what do you got in an asterisk all the way at the bottom you got card subject to change however Last week, we literally saw a contract signing between both of these guys. Like the contract was done, everything was good to go. And I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get this match. Carmelo Hayes is going to be revealed as the person who attacked Trick Williams because this has been going on for quite some time. But we did not get the match and we did not get the official reveal that Carmelo Hayes was the one that attacked Trick Williams. However, 
we need to talk about what we did get. So here's what went down um, with that. Actually, I'm going to get through a couple more Super Chats and then I'll break that down. So Will Chisholm says, Carmelo looks so salty at a real Triple H, uh, a real Triple H heel turn. And Jay Miller says, happy for Lyra getting a big win. The match cooked. All right. So I'm going to start off with what went down for the main event. Matt Raquel says, great show when they said former NXT champion. I thought Andrade, but good to see Kevin Owens. So, I thought this match was going to happen. I really, truly, the whole last couple of days, thought that we were going to be seeing Trick Williams and Ilya Dragunov. We even played out these scenarios last week of what we thought was going to happen. And most of us pretty much assumed that Carmelo Hayes would come out and cost him the opportunity. And that's how Trick Williams would end up losing out on becoming NXT champion. Well... If you guys remember, they ran a whole entire injury uh, angle where Ridge Holland injured Ilya Dragunov, but then it was said that he was okay and he still wanted to do this match, so he signed the contract. But then today, Kelly Kincaid, the new WWE NXT backstage interviewer, announced that that's not the case. Medical did not clear Ilya Dragunov, so he cannot wrestle this match. All right, so we get a backstage segment between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And Trick Williams, for the most part, is like, all right, you know what? It is what it is, and we can do this match when he's fine, which is pretty much what he had said last week, too. Last week, he literally said that if Ilya wasn't 100%, he was willing to wait. However, when he said this, Carmelo Hayes was kind of a little bit irritated. But then, out of nowhere, we end up seeing main roster SmackDown superstar Grayson Waller pop into the picture here. And he comes in and he is sort of making fun of Trick Williams. But in this, he's also throwing some like, I don't know, he's he's sort he's sort of stirring the pot here because he says that the last time that uh he was here, it was Trick Williams that was essentially like the valet of um Carmelo Hayes and now it's the other way around and we know that Carmelo Hayes's ego uh it's not it's not very strong essentially whenever there's any sort of mention that Trick Williams is above him now Carmelo Hayes cannot handle that all right so it they start to work into this match like it starts to look like this match is going to happen between Trick and Grayson Waller just by itself right but Carmelo Hayes then decides to throw in and offer up Trick Williams' number one contendership. So Carmelo Hayes, without even asking uh, Trick Williams, without even talking about it, he just offers up his number one contendership spot. And again, guys, what have we been saying? This man is shady. He's got the red flags. That was not cool that he did that to his friend. So Trick Williams is like, what the hell, dude? So he accepts the match because he's not a coward. He's going to accept the match. But still, he's looking at Carmelo Hayes like, dude, why'd you just do that? So that's what we got on that portion of things. We end up getting to the main event. And keep in mind that earlier in the day, Carmelo Hayes was told by Trick Williams not to go out there. He wanted to do and wrestle this match alone. He didn't want him out there. He's trying to do everything on his own. But instead, Trick Williams 
is doing his thing. He's wrestling his match. And out of nowhere, Carmelo Hayes comes out there. He runs out there. And I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know what Carmelo Hayes was trying to accomplish here. I don't know what he was trying to do. Because he just got up on the ring apron. And he started, like, saying all of these things that, like, us, the viewers, we really couldn't hear too much of. And he started telling all of these things to Trick Williams. And they were sort of arguing here. And during this... Grayson Waller is on the outside and it looks like Grayson Waller is starting to um he's gonna do something I'm not really sure what he was going to do but you can tell he was going to do something in order to basically screw Trick Williams maybe cheat maybe take him from behind who knows because he was distracted by Carmelo Hayes and so this is the funny portion of all of this so earlier in the night around like maybe after 30 minutes that NXT had started, Shawn Michaels had sent out a tweet that we were going to be seeing a former NXT champion on NXT. Now, this is a play off of what, off of what happened leading into Raw Day 1 in which we've heard that there was going to be a WWE champion that would be appearing on Raw. And then we saw Triple H swear of us with Jinder Mahal. And then afterwards, The Rock finally comes out. So this was a play off of that. But instead, so if you go on the comments of that tweet, even like me, like I quote retweeted and I put like, oh, because I was pretty much expecting that to be Andrade. I don't know. Everybody was expecting Andrade because of the reports that have come out uh, that, uh, you know, Andrade is pretty much done with, with AEW. And then Andrade put out a tweet today confirming that he is done with AEW. So even though, even though I thought, I literally said this yesterday on the Raw post show, I said that if Andrade came out on NXT, it would not really be what uh, you know, it wouldn't be the place where I would expect him to return to WWE. I would expect him to return at Raw, at SmackDown, right? Something along those lines. I wouldn't expect him to necessarily return on NXT. But then when Shawn Michaels put out that tweet about the former NXT champion, I'm like, oh shit, maybe it is going to be Andrade. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then it wasn't. Um, it ended up being Kevin Owens, which is fine because we all love Kevin Owens. But I think everybody was expecting like a big, ooh, ah, shocking moment, right? But Kevin Owens comes out and just as Grayson Waller was queuing up to do whatever the hell you think he would, I don't know what the hell he was going to do. Kevin Owens punches him in the face and it's it's sort of like, fast but in slow motion and it gets them like just perfectly so he just stands there and has like this funny smile it's great actually and trick williams back in the ring grayson waller gets back in there and trick williams gets him with a high knee hits them goes for the pin one two three wins this match and therefore is still the number one contender to Ilya Dragunov. Now, when this match with Ilya Dragunov at this point is going to happen, I don't know. But even after this, Carmelo Hayes, his supposed bestie, was looking really, really sour at the fact that he had to be there applauding Trick Williams. And he clearly did not like having to hold the man's new shirt up. Uh, which, by the way, I do like the new shirt. The tricking ain't easy. Um, but there was just... And look... <sighs> I'm a little bit bummed that today wasn't the official reveal of Carmelo Hayes being the attacker of Trick Williams. I think it's a little bit overdue now. I think at this point, um, 
we need to have the moment already. That's it. It's overdue. We're on to a brand new year. We should be moving uh, in a different direction with this. It's still telling the same story, right? Of course, because it's still going to be the focus. It's still going to be with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. But at this point, Trick Williams should know that Carmelo Hayes is not a person that he should trust. And I thought that today was going to be the big blow off and it wasn't. So I don't know now when the blow off is going to happen. We will see. But I'm happy that we're still going to get Trick Williams and Ilya Dragunov. I'm happy that at some point we're still going to hopefully see that. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, we got a couple of messages here that I want to get to. So this one's from Will Chisholm who says, Carmela is a popular girl in junior high, but when they go to high school, her best friend is now the popular one. Yeah, you know, and Trick Williams. <laughs> okay, who here has seen the Duff? The designated ugly fat friend. That's the name of the movie, The Duff. And the whole premise of that, um, from what I remember, because I watched it several years ago in theaters, is that there is the friend that's the duff. And then there's the friend who's like the super, the super hot one, gets all the attention from the guys and is the like the baddest, hottish, you know, biatch on the block, whatever, right? And then the friend is just the dove, <laughs> the duff. She's a designated ugly fat friend. That's the thing. Now, by no means is Trick Williams any of that, but he's technically was, I guess you can say, the duff to Carmelo Hayes back in the day, and now it's reversed. You guys get me what I mean. If you've seen the movie, you'll understand. Um, but, uh, oh, that's so funny. Trick Williams has blossomed, all right? He's blossomed, he's coming to his own. People are cheering for him. People are singing his song. Booker T is out there singing when he comes out. It's really great, actually. I very much enjoy it, but I'm excited to see where they go from here. Although today should have been the day. Today should have been the day where we finally got it confirmed that Carmelo Hayes was the one behind the attack because I feel like I've been talking about this now every single week for like the last i don't know month month and a half i'm ready guys i'm ready we got denisha lane says denise it's two months as a member it's been fun thank you so much for being a member of the dwo i appreciate you very much thank you brandon rosen says kevin owens is a former nxt champ who feuded with waller not too long ago it made more sense for him to appear than andrade of course it did of course it did so um don't get me wrong even though i was expecting andrade and a lot of people were expecting andrade it definitely made a lot more sense for it to be kevin owens because kevin owens and grayson waller have been uh you know uh they've been doing their thing it made a lot more sense so yes uh, given that he did the punch to him and to Austin Theory not too long ago on SmackDown. They've been doing their thing on SmackDown until Kevin Owens eventually moved on to Logan Paul. But for the most part, yes, it definitely made a lot more sense for this to be Kevin Owens. Yes. Uh, but we still were expecting Andrade, though. You still were expecting Andrade. Brandon Rosen, thank you so much for the super chat, man. I appreciate that. All right, so... <laughs> Night American DWO member says Mello's the devil. We're out here just, we're just going to start joining the shows, man. We're just going to start putting together AEW and NXT storylines together. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get into, actually, there's still one more thing from this whole story that I have to dive into, and that is the Ridge Holland portion of this. So Ridge, Har Ridge Holland had a sit-down interview with Sarah Schreiber, and basically 
I wasn't really sure what was going to happen here. I truly was not really sure what they were going to do. I thought that they were going to go a certain direction. I'm actually happy that they didn't. So he basically sits there and he talks about how he's had all of these accidents and mishaps in the ring. Now, when you hear that, the first thing that you think of is Biggie and you think of the neck injury. That is, honest to God, the first thing that you think of. And I thought, oh man, I hope, I hope they don't talk about that in this promo because I'm not sure if it's going to come across as like, good. And so whatever, right? Instead, this turns out to be a little different. And I preferred the way that they did this because instead, Ridge Holland talks about the injuries that he has sustained. He talks about the time that he blew out both of his legs and he like tore his, um, he, he, he injured his kneecap is what it was. And then his ankle literally right at the same time. And he talked about how he had a really hard time, you know, having to tell his wife who just had twins that, you know, he was injured, that he was going to be out of action. And so instead of it coming across as like something that you want to hate him for, instead, you felt sympathy, you felt bad for Rich Holland, because he's talking about how, how that impacted his life. And then he talks about how he went off with the brawling birds and then WB raw day one 2022, he gets his nose busted and so then he talks about that so for they did not mention the biggie thing i'm glad they did not include that in all of this because i think it would have just came off as a little bit distasteful so instead he talked about his own injuries made you kind of feel bad and then moved on into the angle portion of what they did with Ilya dragunov so that's what this ended up being and i'm kind of glad it turned out to be this instead of what i had expected it to be because I really thought honestly I really thought that they were going to recap the biggie injury and put that in there and I was like damn I I don't think that's a good idea so I'm glad they did not and I'm glad that they instead focused more so on Ridge's personal injuries that he has sustained that way he can tell his story and then again you can build some sympathy for him so I didn't hate this I did not hate this we have Will Chisholm here who says, I love how Ava acts like her dad wasn't on Raw last night. <laughs> You're right. So Ava Rain has sort of taken this role where she's kind of a messenger between whoever's, for example, she goes into Shawn Michaels' office. She comes out. She does an interview with Kelly Kincaid. She talks about what was said, what decisions are being made. So she's sort of taken on this messenger role. And then I think she's also doing a little bit of giving some input on stories. Like that seems to be the the story that we're getting is that Ava Raid might have some say in terms of being able to push some of her ideas to Shawn Michaels. So that's what they're doing with Ava Rain, which is totally opposite of what she was doing before as a cult member, which is kind of funny because if you think about it, in storyline, Shawn Michaels is being helped by somebody who was just in a cult. It's kind of funny now that I think about it. Um, but there you go. We're seeing a different direction of Ava Raid. And yeah, no mention of, of her dad literally being on Raw and nearly breaking the goddamn internet when he said that if he should be sitting at the head of the table. We got Stephen Marchulli who says, uh, Tiffany Stratton as a servant is comedy gold, future WrestleMania main event player. 
I cannot wait for when we get those skits, Stephen. I cannot wait. Chloe Adams says, why is Ava a NXT GM now? Makes no sense. I told you, former cult member. Why is Shawn Michaels trusting a former cult member? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> She's not like a GM in the sense of, what we've seen a GM be before. Like I'm not seeing her in any way, the way that we were seeing William Regal, for example. I think she's more so a messenger. That's it, a messenger. That's the way that I'm seeing it. But we got Caden Crawford here who says, WTF Roxanne won like what is this after the match anything goes you can have the rest the ref can't reverse his ruling it was one two three Roxy Pinder heel uh Roxy love it cheers reminds me of Becky attacking Charlotte so let's get to this so Kaden Crawford I'm very happy that you sent in this super chat because I definitely agree with you on what we saw between Roxanne Perez and Ariana Grace so Roxanne Perez and her have this match. Ariana Grace rakes her in the eyes, but somehow, some way, Roxanne still manages to hurt to hit her pop rocks. She hits her pop rocks and she wins. One, two, three. Wins the match. Okay. Afterwards, Ariana starts getting in her face and telling her that she's crazy and that she's got issues. So Roxanne Perez gets pissed off, jumps on top of her and starts wailing on her, like pulling her hair. She's punching her. She's beating this woman like there's no tomorrow. Okay. And she puts her into submission. The referees come out. They're all trying to break it apart. Roxanne Perez is ignoring all of them. She's just continuing to attack Ariana Grace. So then the referee decides to tell uh, uh, Alicia, the ring announcer, hey, I have decided to reverse my decision. And now Ariana Grace wins this match because of the actions of Roxanne Perez post-match. What? What? <laughs> I hated that part. What are we doing? She won the match. She won the match fair and, well, she won the match. Yes, yeah, she won the match fair and square. If anything, Ariana Grace was the one who raked the eyes. It wasn't Roxanne Perez, but he reversed the decision because of the post-match attack. I did not like that. I hated that. And here's the thing. Roxanne Perez is supposed to start either start or transitioning or is supposed to be a heel. Okay. She's supposed to be turning into a heel. She's not, she's no longer cutesy little Roxanne Perez who fell in love with the WWE when she was a little girl and she made her dreams come true and came to the WWE. That's not the version they're presenting of Roxanne Perez anymore. Now she is good girl gone bad, all right? And we've been seeing this now for months. She's been a lot more edgy. But here's the thing though. I cannot fault Roxanne Perez here. I cannot fault her. She won the match. This girl then gets in her face, starts talking smack. All right, I'm going to kick her ass. Simple. I'm going to kick her ass. Roxanne Perez kicks her ass. And then they decide to, uh, to turn the finish, to reverse the finish, whatever. And so, of course, she's pissed. If I was Roxanne Perez, I would be pissed too. What are we doing here? Roxanne Perez is the heel, but I agree with her. I agree with her actions. <laughs> I think I'm a heel, but I 
I'm sorry. I felt like this was not necessarily the best way to go about it. I think if you wanted, if you wanted this to make a lot more sense, you just have, hell, you have Roxanne Perez be the one to rake the eyes of Ariana. And then afterwards, you have her do the same exact attack. And that's it. Eventually, pull her off. And that is it. Everybody here would have gotten the hint that Roxanne Perez is turning into a heel or is already a heel. All right? We did not need the reversal of the finish, of the outcome of the match. No. It should have just ended right then and there. She attacks her. Same exact attack. They finally pull her off. Roxanne Perez is furious. Booker T on commentary could be like, I don't know why she's doing this. She already won the match. This is unlike Roxanne Perez. And that's it. We would have all known. Hey, Roxanne Perez is not the same anymore. But I hate it. I, I did not like that they uh, took back her win. That's the one thing I wasn't a fan of. But uh, I am a fan of seeing Roxanne Perez as a, as a heel. That I am interested in. I am interested in that. We've been seeing glimpses of it now for a while. But again, I wasn't interested in the re in the reverse of the, the call. Thank you so much to Caden. We got Bear Hudson here who says, to see how far you came, I'm so proud of you, Denise. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. 2023 was a good year. And I hope and pray that 2024 is 0.01% as good as 2023. Uh, hoping, praying. I did the vision board. I got the goals. I'm manifesting. Uh, I'm working because you just can't manifest. You just can't hope and dream. You actually got to put in the work. I'm trying. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Will Chisholm says, I got a theory. I think Ray will give Roxanne AJ Lee heat. He oh, sorry. He'll gimmick. And I think by Mania weekend, she wins the women's title. I don't know. If she will, I know we all want to see Roxanne Perez be NXT Women's Champion again because her first run as champion was definitely not enough. It definitely was not enough. It was so short. Nothing real major happened in it. It was so short. Now, Lyra Valkyra right now is our babyface champion. We love her. She's doing great. We'll talk more about her in a second. If they did this where come Stand and deliver. We had Lyra, Lyra Valkyra and Roxanne Perez one-on-one. -on -one. Of course, babyface Lyra, heel Roxanne, and Roxanne won. Ooh, I would be interested. I would like that. Uh, I know that I've already said this. I've said that I really want Lyra to have a nice little lengthy rant run. I do think that from when she won it, if she carried it through to NXT stand and deliver, I do think that's a really good period of time. And it's definitely a lot of time for her to have some really great matches, some great stories in between from now and WrestleMania weekend. And Roxanne Perez getting another shot at the title, but with a different iteration of Roxanne Perez. So a heel version instead of a babyface Roxanne. I would love to see that uh, as well. So I would be on board with that. I do not hate that, Will. Uh, thank you so much for that super chat. We got Mike Parker who sends in a very generous super chat saying, jumping ahead as I have to get up early for work, Lola started moving into the title picture tonight as I thought she's picking things up as well. Has a huge following and an amazing look. They know what they have. So let's talk about what happened with Lola Vice and what she did on today's show. But before we get to that, we need to talk about the actual matchup that kickoff 
the show. And that was Lyra Valkyra versus Blair Davenport. Now, this was the opening match of the night. And I don't know if this was sort of meant to be symbolic. Maybe I personally, I tend to read a lot into things. I like to read in between the lines of things a whole lot. And I thought it was kind of symbolic that the women opened up NXT, the first NXT of 2024. And to me, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but I kind of liked that because we have been constantly talking about how NXT has gotten things very, very right with the women and them kicking off the show. I don't know. I liked that. It kind of felt like, all right, we're setting up 2024 to be a really good one uh, for the NXT women's division. So I read too much, way too much into this. I don't know if that was something that they did on purpose. They probably did it for a different reason, but who cares? I'm going to say that that's the reason that it was for me because uh, I needed to be that. I liked that. But anyways, 30 minutes, commercial free, and we got a really damn good opening match here between Lyra and Blair. Now, I'm just going to say it right now. Most of you guys know this, but I am seriously ready to lead the freaking fan club for Lyra Valkyra. I adore Lyra. I just love her wrestling style. I love her personality. I love, uh, I love that she's this champion that she's just, a, she's just a good champion. I can't explain this. I know she needs more feuds. Uh, I want to see her in bigger storylines for sure. But already what we've seen from her, I've been such a freaking fan, man, of Lyra. And I think because I can see all of this potential in her, I like love her even more. Oh my God, I'm like Tatum now. I'm Tatum. I'm just going to go out there and stalk Lyra Valkyra. But anyways, Blair Davenport and her had a pretty damn good match. Blair Davenport is a tough cookie. Do not disregard Blair at all. She won the Iron Survivor. She was definitely the right call to win that match and go on to face Lyra. And in this, we saw some really good stuff. Like I really loved the Falcon Arrow from the top of the rope. That was really freaking cool. I love seeing Lyra drive the knee of Blair into the side of the commentary table. That was pretty epic. Lyra doing her spinning uh, heel kick to, to Blair Davenport. Crisp as hell, love to see it. Eventually she gets her win and it was a good match. It was a good defense. Her first title defense of 2024, her first matchup of 2024, and first NXT matchup of 2024. But then afterwards, the unexpected, and this was what Mike Parker here was talking about, is that Lola Vice comes out. Now, keep in mind that Lola Vice won the women's breakout tournament. So with that, she won a contract that she can use for pretty much any championship. So she can she can do it for whatever. So clearly she's going to go for the NXT Women's Championship. And she basically tries to cash it in. But before she can even do that, all of a sudden Tatum comes out and she's been doing this like really creepy stalkerish gimmick. And so she comes out and just like drop kicks her out of nowhere, man. Takes this woman out. And so... It doesn't end up happening, and Lyra's been really spooked by her, and they even have a backstage segment where she, like, comes out, and she's like, everything's right in the world if you're a champion, and Lyra's like, Ugh. and I don't like Lyra being afraid of her because she's the champion, and she shouldn't be afraid of anybody, but I get it only because she comes across as creepy. Like, she's harmless in the sense that she hasn't done anything to Lyra. She seems to kind of idolize her a little bit, but... 
I don't want Lyra to be like, you know, all scared, looking like she saw a spider uh, when she sees her. Um, so that's the one, that's my only one thing, but I get it. She's creepily obsessed with her. If anyone gets really creepy with you like that, you should probably run. But Mike Parker, in regards to your comments about Lola Vice, so when WrestleMania 39 was almost happening so like a couple months before that they did this wrestlemania launch party at sofi stadium and i got to do some interviews there and one of the interviews that i did was with lola vice and that's uh valerie loretta she the way that she spoke about what she was doing at the performance center how she was trying to get really good at wrestling how she talked about making the leap from mma to pro wrestling just listening to her talk about it and what she was doing it really gave me the feeling that she wasn't just here to try to be famous. Like she wasn't just here to, you know, be cutesy. Like she was really here to put in the work. And so I really just liked her attitude and the way that she approached the subject. When I asked her about it, you can watch that interview here on my channel. And so she has a phenomenal look and she's different from a lot of the other women that you have on the show. And obviously you want to have that. You want to have a nice um, catalog of different personalities and different looks and different people with different backgrounds. And seeing Lola Vice, I really truly think that the more she gets even better in the ring because she does have this very, uh, you know, gorgeous look. I just think she's going to rock people's worlds, man. People are going to be out there and be like, oh my God, I got a crush on Lola Vice. Oh my gosh, she's good in the ring. Ooh. Yeah, check, 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 check all the damn boxes. So I'm rooting for Lola. I'm excited to for her. Uh, I still think she's got a little bit of a ways to go till obviously she gets to that, uh, you know, all the way to the top, right? But we have seen some really quick, we've seen some really quick growth for the women on NXT, like where one second, it's like, oh, they have potential. They're a little green, but they got potential. And then the next thing you know, they're out there having like these killer matches. And you're like, when did this happen? When did this light switch happen? Of all of a sudden, they went from having potential to being like really freaking good. So it's been really nice to see a lot of that happen for the women. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see that happen for Lola Vice. So looking forward to that. Uh, Mike Parker, thank you so much for sending this in and also getting some thoughts in on Lola. The Bep Jr., who's been a DWL member for 10 months, says, I'll take Cora Jade and Lyra or Lyra Roxanne at Stand and Deliver. Yeah, because Cora is also another one who's a really great heel too. And I feel like Cora Jade, like she hasn't had her moment. She has not had her moment yet on NXT. So it would be pretty huge if we were to see Cora Jade become NXT Women's Champion at Stand and Deliver. You know what? It, it's, it's crazy to say because even though we've seen Roxanne Perez as champion, like I said, it was cut so short that it feels like we almost didn't see it. And because she's a heel now, it still would feel new of course we haven't seen Cora hold the championship at all so that would be freaking huge but man I want to say that I would prefer to see Cora because we have seen Roxanne but at the same time we didn't get all that we could from Roxanne in terms of like 
we definitely wanted to see her do, hold the championship a lot longer. So yeah, I think I agree with you, man. I'm cool with either option. I really am. But I do think Cora Jade might need this moment just a tad bit more because she was gone for a long time. She came back. Now she's starting to do her thing again. So it might be Cora Jade's moment right now. But who knows? We'll see. Will Chisholm says, the reason I say that is that they kept saying every time Roxanne lost a title, uh, the scheme wasn't pinned. And when WDB say stuff like that, it's for a reason. Um, hold on, let me understand what you said again. The reason I say that is they kept saying every time Roxanne lost the titles, the scheme wasn't pinned. Oh, she wasn't pinned. Excuse me. And when WDB say stuff like that, it's for a reason. Okay, thank you. Uh, now I understood that one a little bit more there. I was like, what are you talking about? What's a scheme? What's a scheme? What are we doing? All right. Well, thank you so much for sending in the super chat here. I appreciate that. And when it comes down to it, yeah, you're right. They don't do things just for the hell of it. They really don't. But I also just don't like that all of a sudden because of your actions afterwards that this could be undone. That's that's my whole thing. But yeah, you're right on that as well. Dream Ninja 77 says WWE has been killing it with women's wrestling lately. AW has been better too. Great to see opening match is the second most important in my opinion. So great to see Lyra and Blair tonight that avalanche Falcon arrow. It was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal matchup guys. Uh, like you mentioned that Falcon arrow off the top rope really freaking good. And yes, the opening match of any show is really going to set the tone in terms of like, getting the crowd excited, getting them excited for what's to come next. And usually, like, I love when a show starts freaking high. I prefer, I prefer a match that's going, how do I say this? Hmm. Ideally, you want every match to be phenomenal, right? Ideally, every single match on the show, top to bottom. We know that's not always the case. We know that's not always going to happen. But I prefer for it to be a really great opening match and then maybe some like stuff in the middle that didn't really love. And then of course, of course, a really good ending. Then an opening match with like nothing good. And then a couple of crappy matches in between. And then all of a sudden a really good ending. So yeah, I definitely prefer a really strong opening match. Uh, I, it makes me look forward to the rest of the show. Dream Ninja 77. Thank you so much for that super chat, man. Thank you. Um, all right. So we got to get into everything else that went down. Let's get into Felon Henley and Tiffany Stratton. So I know you guys are excited. We had a super chat earlier um, mentioning that they're excited. This was Stevens Marchulis super chat from earlier where he said that Tiffany Stratton as a servant is going to be comedy gold. So technically, she's not going to be a servant, but she's going to be a ranch hand. I guess that's a servant. I don't even think I really know what a ranch hand is, guys. I'm from Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know what a ranch hand is. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like the person that helps with like the farm and stuff. So it's different from a servant, right? Because wouldn't the servant be the person who like brings coffee and goes to get the laundry and shines your shoes? And then I imagine a ranch. I, I imagine a ranch hand, yeah, being someone that like goes to help you farm, helps you in the ranch. I have no idea. Okay, well, I'm excited to see what this is going to be all about. But anyways, we had this match between Felon Henley and Tiffany Stratton. And I love that this got started hot right away because this woman had her face mopped with a wet mop. She got trash thrown on her. Oh, it's disgusting. She... 
she needed to be pissed. She needed to go right into the attack on Tiffany Stratton. Are you kidding me? No weights, none of that. She needed to go right to it, and she did. Um, this was very fun. We see at one point for the actual finish, though, we see Tiffany Stratton grab a chair. She tries to hit Fallon Henley with it, but instead, Fallon Henley kicks her and knocks the chair off to the side. She then ends up in a tug of war with the referee. The referee is trying to take the chair away from Tiffany. Eventually, he does. And then Fallon just goes right in there, runs in there, bam, kicks her in the face, knocks her out, goes for the pin. One, two, three. Fallon wins. And now Tiffany Stratton will be her ranch hand. And apparently, like Tiffany Stratton, I too am going to learn what a ranch hand is come next week. I'm so excited. Someone on Twitter mentioned that Tiffany Stratton, Tiffany Stratton, little vignettes. It's only going to be for one day. I am bummed that it's only one day. I think this could have been like a one month thing, to be honest. <laughs> maybe, maybe two weeks, maybe two weeks, maybe not a month, but for a whole day, they're going to be showing, I guess, clips, I imagine, of Tiffany going out there and helping out family, Fallon Henley. I'm excited because as I mentioned, someone on Twitter said that this is going to be like the simple life. Now, I don't know how many of you guys remember The Simple Life. It was with Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. And they were obviously, you know, these really bougie blondes that were very dorky. Not, not even dorky, just like airheady. Super airheady. Very, very rich. So they don't, the whole thing was that they don't live normal likes, like normal lives like all of us. And so they wouldn't know how to do like basic things because they're so rich. And so I kind of want to see them do stuff like that with Tiffany Stratton because that's her whole gimmick is like, hey, she doesn't know what hard work is. Her daddy pays for everything. So that might make her not only bougie, but like, you know, super Paris Hilton vibes, super Paris Hilton vibes. Um. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I really, really am. And this was the only way that they had to do it. This was the way they had to do this. Fallon as a servant for Tiffany would have been really funny too, but it's just funnier to see Tiffany in this situation. Cadillac Carson says, just have this thought. After Tiffany works for Fallon, they will sort of become friends and team up for the Dusty Classic. So you're not alone in this, Cadillac Carson. A couple of people on Twitter were saying the exact same thing, writing on my timeline about how they're expecting to see both of these two girls eventually become friends. And I'm here for it, man. I am so here for it. This is almost like Lizzie McGuire and Kate uh, from the Lizzie McGuire show, where you have Kate who's super... Um, you know, she's just like Tiffany Stratton. And you have Lizzie McGuire, who's not a farm girl by any means, but she's a lot more down to earth. And they end up kind of being friendly with each other in the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie in 2024. All right, that movie changed my life. And so I can see them kind of forming some sort of friendship like that. And those friendships kind of they're kind of cool to see, you know? They're kind of cool because they're two friends that come from different worlds. So I would like to see that. The odd couple stuff, I'm always a big fan of. So uh, can I like Carson? I like your idea here. And guys, um, we just got an extremely generous super chat from Throwback978. Throwback978, uh, thank you so very much for this super, super generous super chat. Like you've literally just Help me make the entire year. Thank you so freaking much. Uh, throwback978 says, when um, Helen winning, when Fenlon Henley winning 
their match against Tiffany Stratton. Do you see the possibility that they team up for the Women's Dusty Cup? Do you see them winning? Farmhand is a person that shovels poop. Tiffany tweeted the Simple Life Season 1 poster. You're awesome. Okay, so first of all, that's even worse. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? She's going to be out there shoveling poop? <laughs> okay, that's freaking great. Um, I'm assuming she's probably going to be like milking cows, brushing the tail of a horse. Oh, that's terrible. By the way, I don't know how many of you guys have ever milked a cow. Believe it or not, I've lived in my life. I've lived my life in Los Angeles my entire life. I've never lived anywhere else. I'm as city as city girl gets, okay? But when I went to Costa Rica, I went on a little excursion. And part of that excursion was to a dairy farm because I love dairy. And so for those of you who watch my London vlog, you know this. Although I don't think eggs is dairy. All right, whatever. Moving on from that. Um, the point is I went to a dairy farm and there they allow you to milk a cow. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to be great. I'm going to milk the cow. It was the worst thing of my entire life. Because when you milk the cow, the little things, I don't know what they're called, the little things that they have, they're very slimy and they're very wet. And then you have to like turn it. Like this is the thing and you have to like do a little bend and kind of get it to like have the milk coming out. It's awful. It was awful. They need to have Tiffany Stratton do that. I need to see Tiffany Stratton shoveling poop, milking cows, uh, out there sweating, with the stinky farm animals. We need to see all of it. I'm so excited for this. And uh, I did not see her tweet about the simple life. So I'm so happy that um, everyone here is like, yes, that's the connection. I'm also thinking of um, Clueless. I, I think we're going to see like Clueless vibes too. Fun stuff. All right. Throwback978, thank you so much for the super chat. M. Durrett says, I feel like Tiffany and Fallon will fight forever like the horsewoman have the last decade. They have great chemistry and a natural rivalry. Yeah, like I said, the, they could be friends. They can be enemies. Definitely more on the enemy side. But usually, I don't know if this has ever happened to people, but sometimes this used to happen to me like in school. It was always the person that I didn't really like that ended up kind of being my best friends. So there's always like that moment where you think, oh, I'm going to hate that person when you're at work and you're like, I don't like that person. Next thing you know, they become your best and favorite work friend. So odd couples attract. It's the saying, opposites attract. M. Durrett, thank you so much for the super chat, man. <laughs> okay, I am not going to say the n-word uh for the cows <laughs> for the cows i don't even think i could say that on youtube you know the t-word the t-word the little cow things <laughs> i'm done i'm done with the cows <laughs> all right pierre pierre out here putting it for me <gasps> is that really the official name for the little cow things i would have thought that they would have had a different name Hmm. All right. Utters? Someone put utters. There's no way that they're called utters. Guys, like I've said, I was born in Los Angeles. There ain't no frick. Well, there's cows here, but you see them on the drive from like California to San Francisco. And then there's like all of these farms. And there's when you see the cows. That's where you see the cows. Anyways, they really are called utters. 
bro, I thought you were making up that word. I'm like, oh, he's making up a word, udders. I've never heard that word in my entire life. <laughs> They're called udders? <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. I'm done. I'm so done. Really, I'm done. No, you guys, I, I don't even believe you guys. I feel like you guys are lying to me. Like the people are lying to me. I'm going to have to Google this. Oh, yeah. The mammary gland of female cattle, sheep, goats, 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 horses, and related animals having two or more teats. See, they're not the N. It's teats. <laughs> Hanging between the hind legs of the animal. I hate saying the word teats. I never want to see you say the word teats in my entire life. Oh my god. I had no idea. Wow. Really no idea. Learn something new every day. All right. So um men's breakout tournament finals. Riley Osborne and Oba Femi competed for the finals of the men's breakout tournament. And this was fun, guys. Again. Two totally different styles when it came to both of these guys. Two totally different competitors. You name it. They couldn't be more different. But damn, this came together pretty nicely. I love seeing Obafemi go out there and just look powerful as hell. I love seeing Riley Osborne go out there and he just does everything so nice. I love seeing him do his shooting star press. Always looks very good. I had fun with this match. Of course, you still have like the love story portion via Hale in the back. She goes out there. She's, you know, cheering him on. Very cutesy stuff that they're doing with Thea and Riley. Looking, looking into, I'm interested. They've got my attention. But anyways, Riley goes for the shooting star press, but Oba ends up moving out of the way. So then Riley drop kicks him and then goes to try to do the shooting star press again. He does it, but Oba gets his knees up. And so then Oba is able to manhandle him a little bit, power bomb him, goes for the cover. One, two, three, Oba Femi wins this match. So, Obafemi, I think for the most part, a lot of people going into this tournament were already expecting him to win. They really were. He, he has a great look. He's big. He's strong. He moves good. He doesn't move like a stiff. Like he's not those big guys that be all like robotic and stuff. Like the dude is pretty athletic and he's, you can tell his personality is coming out a little bit. You can see it in the way that he like kind of works with the crowd. So that's been kind of cool to see. You can see the makings of a potential star with Obafemi. And I was thinking about this because now that he has the men's breakout tournament contract, I would kind of like to see him go after the NXT North American Championship. And the reason I say that is I was thinking back and unless, I for, unless I'm forgetting someone, I don't feel like we've had a big meaty guy as NXT North American Champion since like Bronson Reed. I do not remember anybody after Bronson Reed that was big and meaty that had the NXT North American Championship. Unless I'm forgetting somebody, I'm pretty sure it was Bronson Reed was the last meaty guy to be champion. And so it's been a while. I want to see Obafemi go for it, man. Switch things up. I, I love, um, obviously, he doesn't have to do it right now because, or maybe he could 
or not technically because Dragon Lee, I don't know how long he's going to be out for because he's having visa issues. Uh, I don't know how long he's that's going to keep him away. But once he comes back um, or afterwards, I don't know, however long they want to do it for, I do think that that would be a really cool opportunity, though, if we were to see him become NXT North American champion. Plus, Dragon Lee is technically on the main roster, although I do love his matches that he's having on NXT, all of the uh, uh, all of the matches that he's been having, the, the two of them that he's had as NXT North American champion were really great. So part of me is like, damn, I don't want to see Dragon, lose, Dragon Lee lose the title. But at the same time, I do want to see a big meaty guy as NXT North American champion because it would be something different on the show. So there you go. Uh, Sheldon Jackson points out that we've had Bronson Reed, Sola Sokoa. Yeah, you're right, Sola Sokoa. Keith Lee was before before Bronson Reed. He wasn't after Bronson Reed. And then Damien Priest, he's big. I don't know if I consider Damien Priest meaty, though. Damien Priest is, like, tall. But he's, I wouldn't say he's meaty, you know? I'm talking, like, meaty, meaty. You know I like the meaty guys. All right. <laughs> we got a couple of uh, super chats to get into. Curse you, Cadillac Carson. I appreciate you sending the super chat. But he's got me saying the two words I now hate the most. Yeet and teet. Ooh, I hate that word. Oh, I hate it. Not necessarily yeet, but I hate teet. Ugh. Makes my back cringe. <laughs> Brandon Rose. God damn it. Brent, I'm never going to say I don't like something anymore. Brandon Rosen says, add teats to Denise's band wordless. Yeah, there's a bunch of band words that I will not say on the air. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch. Like, I'm okay with curse words. I'm okay with other words. Um, but there are certain words that I just hate. M. Dured says, thank God they actually had Oba win and not lose in some silly way. That, me that man needs a Brock Goldberg, Bobby Lashley type of push. He just needs to come in and just freaking run through people. He like, oh my God, like Odyssey Jones. Like I was a big fan of Odyssey Jones. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if he's injured. I, I, don't, I don't remember what's going on with Odyssey Jones, but I love Odyssey Jones. He's also somebody that I've been sort of waiting to see uh, really have this big moment on NXT, but I'm assuming we haven't seen him in a bit. Maybe he's injured. Someone remind me here on the chat what's been going on with Odyssey Jones. But um, it's been a while, though, since we've had meaty guys. Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed, Keith Lee. It's been a while, guys. Will Chisholm says, did you see that, Rhea? Did you see that Impact Wrestling is changing their pay-per-view to PLE? How WWE of them? I have not seen that. No, I have not seen that, actually. Um, did they just announce this? I have not seen that. Will, thank you so much for letting me know. I will check afterwards. Um, Christopher says Odyssey Jones was drafted to Raw. Odyssey Jones was like, what the hell has been going on with Odyssey Jones? Let me freaking Google this. No, hold on. Why am I forgetting what's going on with Odyssey Jones? Hold on. Hmm. All right, he was put on, as part of the WWE Raw draft. Yeah, he was drafted to Raw. And that's it. We haven't seen him. I didn't even remember he was drafted to Raw. Didn't even remember he was drafted to Raw. Damn. Why they did my man dirty, man. Sheldon Jackson says, have you updated your list for best matches and notable moments yet, Denise? Um, well, notable moments, obviously, I put the Rock coming in for a WWE Raw day one. 
and him mentioning the head of the table. So that being like the first mention that he's coming after Roman Reigns. But I have not put a match yet. Uh, I'm very, very picky when it comes to whether or not it's going to make it on my best of list. There is still not a match that has been added to my best of 2024 list. Sorry, guys. I'm going to be extra bouge about it. Um, all right. So I will let you guys know when I, I'll start update. Once I start updating the actual list, once I feel there's a match that was so deserving, it could go on it. I will update the people. I will definitely update the people. Um, all right. So thank you so much to the man who says that he's also been doing dark matches. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know because I really liked Odyssey Jones and I feel like, I feel like we needed to see more of him on NXT. Like we never really got that much from him on NXT. Like he came out, he did the tournament, he won. That was it. That was really it. Shelton Jackson says, just keeping you honest and making sure you don't forget about it. <laughs> I'm trying not to forget about it. I started it last year. I think I wrote down like two matches in January. And then that's it. I never updated it ever again. So then when it came to the end of the year, I had to go back and really think about what I liked. And then I still forgot certain things. So uh, I'll try again this year. We'll try again this year. All right, guys. Um, There's only one more thing to really talk about in regards to NXT. But that was that Carlito came out and assisted Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro in this uh, six-man tag against the no-quarter catch crew, which is Drew Gulak and Miles Bourne and Damon Kemp. I laugh, by the way, because Damon Kemp looks like one of my brothers. So every time I see Damon Kemp, I swear it's my brother in like a couple years, not a couple years from now. I don't know how old Damon Kemp is. How old is Damon Kemp? Let me see. Damon Kemp is, I don't know how old he is, but my brother in about like maybe 10 or 15 years or so. Um, but <laughs> he looks like my brother. So every time I see him, uh, I think I I want to I want to root for him because he looks like my brother. But anyways, um, so we got this match here. And really, this was a fun matchup. But the one the one thing that really, really got over. And it was this big, awesome spot that Joaquin Wilde did. I made sure to retweet it on my Twitter account because damn, this dude leaped the hell off of the freaking ropes. Uh, onto the no quarter, no quarter catch crew. And I cannot explain to you. You have to go watch this clip because my explanation of how high he went is like literally not going to make it justice. This dude flew so freaking high. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was literally in awe in this moment. So I rewinded it like a million times because I had never seen someone go that high before. So check it out. Go to NXT's Twitter page. Watch the match. Do whatever you need to do. But watch, make sure you watch that one moment from Joaquin Wilde. He also had some other little moments. Uh, I think at one, one point he did like a corkscrew on the outside. That looks pretty cool as well. But for the most part, that was like the big highlights. But I also want to say that the LWO, um, Wild and Cruz, they've really been consistent. Like even before they went to the main roster, like they had really good matches on NXT when they were with Santos. And then they went to the main roster and got into this, you know, whole storyline with the LWO and Ray and Santos. But they are really good as a tag team. And I don't think we've seen how good they are as a tag team on SmackDown. We've seen it on NXT before. And then tonight was a reminder of that. I feel like today I remembered, oh yeah, I really like these guys as a tag team. So what I'm going to say is 
they need to push these guys more because the LWO, uh, specifically Wild and Cruz del Toro, can really be a stupendous tag team. Uh, but they need to be given the opportunity to really show that a, just a tad bit more on SmackDown because they've been on the show and they've been part of this big storyline. But uh, I think they need to remind people that, hey, these two, they can do cool stuff. So I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for these two guys for sure. Um, and that's basically it, everybody. That was WWE NXT New Year's Evil. And this is going to be a big week, period. Tomorrow, I will be on here with Righteous Reg, and we're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite. It's going to be the first Dynamite of 2024. Plus, it's also the fallout from AEW World's End. And then on Thursday, we're supposed to be seeing or hearing, rather, the announcement from Triple H. Depending on how big that announcement is, if it's something really huge, then I'll probably do an impromptu podcast if it's just something simple then I won't um but then if not I'll be here on Friday to talk about Smackdown Smackdown's looking pretty huge too because they got the triple threat match the winner of that's going to go on to face Roman Reigns Logan Paul is going to be there Roman Reigns is going to be there we uh also have the finals um Santos Escobar versus Kevin Owens for the United States championship number one contender tournament um so that's happening. So I'll be here then. And then on Saturday, I will be here for AEW Collision. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be doing a bonus podcast. So Sunday, I will be on with Righteous Reg. And we're basically going to do like a first week look into 2024. And because there's already been so much news, so many major moments, and we're barely like a day two of the year. And so uh, we're going to do a podcast kind of talking about everything that's going down this week, this start of 2024. And that'll be on Sunday. All of the streams are already scheduled. You guys can find them on the YouTube page. Plus, if you haven't already, check out the interview with Claudio Castagnoli. It is an hour long but it is phenomenal. He talks about his WWE career, his AEW career, his relationship, his friendship that has spanned for over 20 plus years with Brian Danielson. Uh, he really, really, I think you really get to know what kind of a person Claudio is in that interview. And then another interview that I really loved is the one that I did with Mansoor. This man, holy shit. I think you're going to go and you're going to watch that interview and you're going to be like, he had all this personality and they didn't let him show that in WWE. What? You're going to be shocked. Um, really great stories. Really, really uh, good impressions. You name it. A very fun interview to listen to, as well as Mason D. Maddens, who was Mace in WWE, also gave me a phenomenal interview. So check those out as well. And because this is also an NXT podcast, I know you guys are NXT fans. So, of course, I had Mackenzie Mitchell on, and she is just phenomenal. Uh, we had a conversation that was very fun. Been getting to know her a little bit more. Uh, Check that interview out as well. So there you guys have it. That was the NXT review, and I will be back tomorrow. And before I go, just a friendly reminder, if you haven't already, head on over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Go and leave a review, guys. Help a girl out for 2024. I want to get to the top. Go leave a review. Thank you, everybody. See you guys on a bunch of shows this week. Bye.